Welcome to Chapter 1 of Health System CIO's Health IT Influencers Series with Dana Sellers, co-founder and former CEO of Encore. In this segment, Sellers talks about the importance of setting realistic goals when it comes to customer service, why she and Ivo Nelson worked well together despite having different approaches, and the fortuitous timing they had in founding Encore. This podcast is sponsored by Optum solving real problems and creating practical solutions today using the latest in healthcare technology, such as blockchain, AI, and advanced analytics. See how Optum can make your digital transformation easier at optum.com CIO. I think the best place to start is to get some background on your career. And looking back, uh, what was your, your first foray into healthcare? The, the very first foray, uh, I'm a chemical engineer by training, oh. and I started my career with IBM. I wound up working in a part of IBM that sold large mainframe computers to the oil industry, okay. petrochemical industry. But I worked with a guy named Jim Pritchett, whose family had a company that was in the healthcare field. Okay. And... One day, Jim came to me, and this was before the IBM PC even existed. He came to me and he said, you know, hospitals are big users of technology. They use mainframes to send out bills, do patient accounting, but there's hardly any automation in the specialized departments of a hospital like cardiology or radiology. Those areas hadn't really been automated yet. In every other industry, Automation had gone out to the end user, but not in healthcare. We talked about it, and we, we concluded that part of the drawback, the reason that healthcare hadn't adopted technology in these specialized departments was that mainframes weren't very well suited. Right. And we saw the emergence of personal computers, and we said, hey, let's start a company that uses personal computers to do specialized things for departments and hospitals. And we knew that the IBM PC was coming soon, so we said that'll legitimize it and we'll be in the right place at the right time. Right. So uh, we started a company called Trinity Computing, and that was our very first, uh, my very first toe in the water in healthcare, and I've been there ever since. Okay. So some pretty um, cutting-edge thinking as far as uh, where the industry was going to go, or at least should be headed yeah. You know, we were babies. We were both still in our 20s, and we, we didn't know what we didn't know. Right. So <laughs> we learned everything as we, as we went. We didn't even know we were that cutting edge. We didn't know we were pioneers. <laughs> we just thought it sounded like a good idea. Right, right. There, there was certainly a need there. And, and you were there for about 10 years or so? Yeah. And then you went into some consulting with HealthLink? That's right. Okay. So how did you how did you like that? How did you kind of take to uh, consulting? I loved it. At HealthLink, we had this philosophy that we wanted to be 100% referenceable. And by that, we didn't mean we'd be 100% perfect. We just meant we'd do whatever it took to make the customer happy at the end of the day. With a software company, you can never make everybody 100% happy. I mean, it's just impossible. There are always, could you add this feature and could you change this and I want this on my screen. And there's yeah. just always this list of things that people want that you can't do all of them. 
So I found consulting, especially with this philosophy of 100% referenceability, to be a wonderful environment. It took advantage of what I'd learned at Trinity, but it's very much a problem-solving business, which fit right in with my engineering background. I love to solve problems. Right. And what exactly does that mean, though, about being 100% referenceable? We were setting goals one year early when we first started HealthLink, and we said we need a goal about making our customers happy. And we said, let's say 100% at the end of the day will give us a good reference. Mm-hmm. And then somebody said, no, maybe it should be, I mean, you can't make everybody happy. Sure. There's always going to be one or two people that aren't happy. So we said, fine, maybe the goal should be 99. Maybe it should be 98. How, right, right. Why not 95? And we debated that subject for probably an hour in this mm-hmm. retreat. And finally we said, you know what, 100% may not be achievable. Someday we may meet that customer that we just can't make happy, but that's our goal. We're not going to back off of it, and we're going to communicate it to our people. We're going to do everything we can to achieve it. And that was kind of a magic moment in HealthLink, because once people knew that that was what we were committed to and that we were serious about it, they really took it to heart. They took it very personally, and they were thrilled that the company would stand behind them and help them make the customer happy because that's what they wanted to do. So that was an important hours discussion that led to a lot of HealthLink success over the years. Right. And as as far as as your own experience in consulting, I can imagine that during that time when you were with HealthLink, there are ways that you tweak your philosophy or adjust it after learning different things. Well, we always committed to that philosophy. That was sort of the overriding goal all the way through HealthLink and even when we started Encore. But what we did was we tweaked how we operated in order to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. So over the years, for example, we might have a project that went really well. We would try to capture how we did that so we could teach the next team to do it the same way. And then when something went wrong, we'd do a lessons learned session and we'd, you know, change what we taught so that, you know, we'd add a little bit more information so that the next team would be even more consistently successful. And what what did you enjoy most about consulting, serving in that type of role? Well, I'd have to say three things maybe. I love working with clients. Every time I go out and talk to a client, talk to a client. I'm retired now, but every time I would go meet with a client, I felt like I learned something from every one of them. I enjoyed hearing about their challenges, their their problems, because as an engineer, I love solving problems. Every time I went out and met with a client, I, I felt like I came away smarter and better and and maybe had helped them, and maybe I had an idea that could help them solve a problem. I also loved working with our team. We just had, at both HealthLink and Encore, we had amazing teams of people who were very committed to making healthcare a better place. Mm -hmm. It was just a pleasure. Every time I'd go out and have an opportunity with our people, 
I came away just inspired and motivated to do even more. Great. So when did you uh, first start working with uh, Ivo Nelson? Uh, at the very beginning. I joined HealthLink just when the company was getting started, okay. and Ivo was the person who hired me. Okay. So that would have been 92. Okay. And then you continued to work together uh, in different yeah. uh, capacities. Yeah. yeah, I worked for Ivo during my years at HealthLink and for several years at IBM after we were acquired by IBM. Mm-hmm. And then when I started Encore, Ivo was my co-investor and chairman of my board at the beginning. Okay. So we've worked what? together over 20 years. Okay. And uh, why do you think that you were able to to work together, just having similar uh, values or a mindset? Well, you hit it right with values. Mm -hmm. Ivo and I are very different people. Right. Ivo is sort of a charge, go, 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 go. (laughs) And I was the, wait a minute, where are we trying to go? What's the objective? And is this the right way to do it? And can we engage some teams of people to make sure that we've got the right plan and that we're doing the right things. Right. So we we were really opposite in a lot of ways, but the one thing that held us together was that we had the same values. Right. And so even though we had different approaches and different ways of thinking about things, we always came back to that same set of values. And over time, we developed a mutual respect he would jump to a conclusion. He's a very intuitive thinker. He would just jump to this conclusion and say, we've got to do ABC. Right. And I'd go, whoa, the engineer and me would go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I don't even know what problem we're trying to fix, much less why we have to do ABC. And so I would say, wait a minute, Ivo, what's the objective? What are we trying to accomplish? And then I would figure out whether ABC was the right answer. And what I learned over time was that he usually intuitively reached the right answer, but he respected the fact that my approach to engaging people and getting the right teams in place would allow us to accomplish those goals in a better manner than just forcing it. Right. So it definitely took some time to kind of get to an understanding, but at that point figured out how to kind of bring out the best qualities in the other one. Yeah, and I think that mutual respect let us move faster in some ways because we didn't have to go through a lot of thrashing when he said, I think we need to do this. I respected that, and it was more a question of how do we get there than why are we going to do that. Yeah. As far as Encore, I want to talk about kind of how that started and maybe some of the challenges in starting a company during what were, you know, some difficult economic times. Well, I was probably crazy (laughs) in retrospect. I had a great job with IBM. IBM is a great company. But I just started thinking about, you know, wouldn't it be fun to go do it? one more time to start a company, be small, be nimble. And um, finally, I called a family conference, my husband and my kids. And I said, I'm thinking about leaving this great job and starting the company. And 
you know, I'd have to take our savings, and it's the worst economic time since the Great Depression. Right. And this is really a crazy thing to do. What do you think? And my oldest son said, what do you want to do, Mom? And I said, well, I, I want to go do this. And he said, well, then go for it. If you need to, you can move in with me. Well, he was still in college. I don't know how we were going to do that. <laughs> right. So with uh, my husband's and my kids' full support, we started a company, and there were some people just crazy enough to come along for the ride. And uh, little did we know that the day after we founded Encore, the stimulus package passed, including $21 billion for healthcare IT spending. I would love to say I knew that was going to happen, but... <laughs> I had no clue. (laughs) I just knew I wanted to get back into, you know, a small consulting environment. And uh, we were very fortunate that all of a sudden there was this additional impetus for the industry to really do some important things. Oh, wow. I I was going to ask you about that timing, but uh, that's pretty amazing. I'm sure it was encouraging to see something like that. Yeah, we didn't even understand at first how significant it would be or what it would mean, but It was exciting times. And as far as uh, the strategy in growing the company, was that something that that was challenging to do just as far as, uh, you know, making sure that you're growing at an appropriate speed? We had discussions about that. So let me touch on strategy first and say when we started Encore, Ivo and I went out and over the first 90 days we met with probably – 120 or so healthcare executives, maybe 150. I don't remember the exact number. We would go to Los Angeles and we'd have a breakfast, a lunch, an afternoon meeting, a dinner, drinks after dinner, and then we'd get up and do it the next day. And we asked everybody, what do you need? What do you want Encore to be? And we really based our strategy on that getting started. We listened to what the market told us. We didn't go in with a predefined definition. The second thing you asked about was the speed issue. We had stuff coming at us so fast that we we really kind of got worried. We didn't start Encore with the idea that we were going to be a huge company. Mm -hmm. We wanted to have a company that did great things for our customers. And all of a sudden there was this huge demand. Well, we had this concept, you know, that was at the root of everything that said 100% referenceability. And so finally, the speed strategy that we settled on was we will grow as fast as the market wants us to, but within the constraints of that 100% referenceability. We will never grow so fast that we can't make our clients happy. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.